Today we celebrate a family who participated in adoption. And this idea of adoption, uh, some of you in the congregation have participated in adoption. Some of you are adopted. Some of you have adopted. Uh, we talked about this in prayer meeting this, uh, this week. I found out people I did not even know had adopted uh, kids. And I, I just, this whole idea of adoption is so beautiful to me. It is the idea of saying, you're not part of my family. You're not, you're not my blood. But I'm making the choice of saying, now you are fully mine. You're not kind of mine. You're not part of mine. You're not something just added on. You are mine fully. And this is the scripture. This is the New Testament. This is what God does in the Bible. The Old Testament is about the chosen people, about the, the Jewish life and going along through that. And there's every once in a while there's a story about somebody who's not a, not a Hebrew, but not very often. New Testament is about Jesus coming and opening that up to everyone, allowing the kingdom of God, the family of God, to adopt everyone. That it's not my blood. It's not his, God saying, you know, the Hebrew people are my blood. They are my people. They are my chosen. And then through the blood of Christ... We all are of the blood of God. You see, see, this is, this is beautiful. It's an object lesson for all of us to say we should all be of the mindset of adoption. This is not something that is, that is uh, foreign or, or different to a New Testament mindset. Even the Romans understood adoption. Julius Caesar adopted the guy that we get to know as Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus was a, was a far-off nephew, and Julius Caesar said, I want to pick my heir. And so he chose his nephew and said, no, 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 you are not just my nephew, you are my son, and you get everything that comes from me being Caesar, it's going to pass down to you. And this same concept is what's going on here for us. I think adoption in the New Testament is even greater, greater than what we think, because your name and who you were and your family tree even meant more than it does today. I, I chose the same profession, or God chose the same profession for me as my father, but I didn't have to. I could have been all kinds of different things. I thought I was going to be a high school history teacher. But I didn't, I didn't have to choose what my, my dad did. Some of you guys are, lots of you are probably not the same profession as your father or your mother. But back in the New Testament time when you were a so-and-so, you were, that's why our last names are Carpenter, or you know, they are our Baker, or whatnot. It's because that's who we are. We are the Bakers for the town. That's, and if you adopted someone into that, you're saying, okay, you were Thatcher, you put roofs on houses, but now you will be a Baker, and all that that means with it. Does this make sense? So we just really want to cement that down for you, this idea of adoption. You are now mine. You are now fully mine. Why we're wearing uh, these, these things today is the Felicianos, every, when they've adopted kids, they've picked a theme for the adoption. And for, uh, for, <coughs> for Zoe and Ella, it was Ohana. Ohana means family, and family means... Play the movie. <laughs> That's us before. It was rainy and they went for a drive. What happened to yours? 
I hear you cry at night. Do you dream about them? I know that's why you wreck things and push me. Our family's little now, and we don't have many toys. But if you want, you could be a part of it. You could be our baby, and we'd raise you to be good. Ohana means family. Family means nobody gets left behind. But if you want to leave, you can. I'll remember you, though. I remember everyone that leaves. Ohana means family, and no one is left behind in family. Ephesians 1, 5 through 8 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. It gave him great pleasure. <clears throat> so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Did you catch that verse five? I read it fast. God decided in advance. He chose in advance to adopt us into his own Family. He chose you to adopt you. He said, you, I want you. God did. God chose you. He wanted you. This idea just resonates with, with me and how this whole Christian thing works. Is that God loves us so much that he says, you know what, Landon? I want you. You, you hear this. He, he chooses us. He says, I want you. Whether you're a messy kid, whether you're a messy adult, whether you're a messy old person, whatever it is, I want you. And he chooses us. A friend of mine, a co-worker, the last church I worked at, uh, went through the adoption process. And he, had, he was ecstatic about the adoption process. I thought he was a little crazy because what he wanted to do well, if you knew him, you'd think he's crazy too. Kelly's shaking her head. Uh, but um, he went through the adoption process. Him and his wife already had two beautiful three and, uh, two and three-year-old uh, girls. 
just they had they had their family they were ready but they really felt impressed that they were supposed to adopt and what they thought they were supposed to adopt is a little chinese girl who was deaf and so they went through the whole process the, they started learning sign language they went to classes they got everything ready so they learned sign language they started teaching their little girl sign language they're ready to go and the adoption falls through So they go through the whole process. China is closed to them. They go through the whole process for another country. It falls through again. And then they just were like, okay, okay, maybe what we went through this. We're prepared, God. We we really felt that we were supposed to do this. What what was supposed to go on? Well, Ethiopia was one of the last countries that you could actually adopt from. And they get a phone call one day. And one of them is at the Kroger, which is like a jewel. And another one's just driving around. And he gets a phone call and it says, hey, we know you've been looking for a little girl. We know you've been looking for a deaf girl. Would you take a three-year-old boy? Yes. Let me call my wife. <laughs> so he calls her. She doesn't answer because when anything important is supposed to happen, women lose their phones. This is what happens. Uh, that was just added in there. I apologize. Uh, so he knew she was grocery shopping. He pulls into the Kroger, Kroger parking lot, accosts her in the, uh, in the Kroger parking lot, leave the, the buggy, as they call it in Georgia, the grocery cart, in the middle of the aisle in Kroger, go out to the car to call the adoptions agency. Tell us about him, what's going on. We have this little boy. He's, he's very mal, and He has malnutrition, but everything other than that, he's perfectly fine. He's, he's just a little bitty boy. We can send him a, a picture to you. You guys can come out and see him in two weeks. Okay. We're in the middle of a meeting at church. Me, the executive pastor, and the associate pastor, we're, we're going through a time of fasting for our church uh, because we were without a senior pastor at the moment. And uh, we're fasting and praying, and we're doing some vision casting, uh, the three of us, of what the next message series is going to be like. In runs Jeffrey, screaming, ah! we thought he got his leg cut off. What's going on? We all three, my executive pastor used to be an EMT. He switches into EMT mode and it's like, what is wrong? Jeffrey is bawling his eyes out and goes, we found him. We found him. Before that moment, I thought the parable of the shepherd leaving the 99 was the stupidest parable I'd ever heard in my life. After that moment, that parable makes complete since let's read it together luke 15 3 through 6 and jesus told them this parable suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them doesn't he leave the 99 in open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it and when he finds it he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says rejoice with me i have found my lost sheep Jeffrey, father, you can't get more Norwegian than Jeffrey Jeffrey and his wife. You can't, pasty, white, blonde hair, blue eye, round face, you cannot get more Scandinavian than than these two people. And their daughters, blonde hair, blue eye, you know, just fit it to a T, are adopting an Ethiopian little boy. He, he's, 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 he's dark, like he's dark. Now we are in Georgia 
Now, when you see a little black boy walking around with two little blonde hair, blue eye, white girls, there is something amiss. And you get weird looks. So Jeffrey immediately goes to this. He doesn't know anything about being a dad of a, of a boy. He knows nothing about it. He's got the girl thing down pretty good. And Jeffrey is pretty well equipped to be a dad of girls, not boys. Okay? If you knew him, Jeffrey would be, or Jimmy would be laughing his head off of me saying that right now. <clears throat> That's just how he's wired. He understands it. So he walks in, and one of our, one of our, one of our pastors, Keith, uh, Lisa's pastor, now is, is African-American. And he walks in, and he's like, Keith, can I ask you a question? He's like, yeah. How am I supposed to comb his hair? <laughs> Legitimate question. Jeffrey immediately became a student of Journeys, who they named, named his son. A student of it. How do I become a dad of a boy? He started asking me questions. I have a boy. What is that like? What does this look like? What, how, how does the whole bathroom situation, do I bathe them with my girls? Do I not bathe them? With, I mean, all, all of it. He just starts breaking it down. How do I be a dad to this? He's not kind of sort of, oh, we're going to put Journey in the basement and be okay with it. No, no, no. How do I fully incorporate Journey into my life? He starts asking race questions. To Keith, Keith, how am I going to deal with what it's going to look like to have, have, be a dad of a, of, of a black kid in Georgia with white kids and me being white? How is that going to look? How do I expose him to culture? What kind of culture should I do? What do you think? What do I, who did I, there's all, all kinds of questions I had. I was like, oh, who's just a boy? Uh, <laughs> he fully joined in on this idea of how do I become a dad? Not kind of a dad, but fully a dad. This is the idea of adoption. This is what God does for us. He doesn't just kind of, oh yeah, well, they got some baggage. I'm not going to get to know them at all, but you can be part of the family. Here's a meal. Fully gets to know you, fully adopts you as a co-heir with Christ. Not kind of, not kind of a sort of, and a, you know, the step kid or eh, not that some Cinderella thing. It is fully a child of God. Adoption is for the whole family. It is for the whole family. The lesson I learned while walking with Jeffrey and Cody through this is that we're all called to adoption. It's a divine calling on our lives. This idea that, uh, that Ephesians speaks about being adopted into the family, the family of God should profoundly shake our way of thinking about church. It should profoundly morph the way in which we look at our children's ministry. It should profoundly shape the way in which we look at our student ministry. It should profoundly shape the way in which we outreach into our community. Because what we are looking for as a church is more kids to adopt. We are looking as our divine call, we are looking for adults to adopt, kids to adopt, grandpas to adopt, grandmas to adopt. We are looking to adopt, to fully incorporate into the body of Christ. Not kind of incorporate, not, not sort of incorporate, but fully incorporate into the body of Christ. I loved what this video did. Uh, I've actually never seen the movie. Um, so I know I've never seen, I started looking through YouTube clips for it and I was like, oh, I need to watch this. Uh, but so I was looking through it. But what, what she says, what um, Lilo says is, I know that's why you do mean things, basically paraphrasing. I know you hurt me and you push me and you, and you destroy things. 
But that's okay. I want you to be part of my family anyway. This is the crux of what redemption is. I know, I know, I know you, you've got stuff. I know you got junk. I know you're messy. I know you do things that just, just hurt people. But you know what? I want you to be part of my family anyway. And this is what the kingdom of God is. This is what Jesus, what, what God is doing through Jesus. I know you're messy and hurt and junky and, and, and you got issues, but I want you to be part of my family anyway. We'll work on that later. But when you're fully my family, when you're fully my kid, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like I get frustrated with my kids. You get frustrated with your kids. Bowen's like, yeah, he gets frustrated with me. (laughs) You know, things happen. But we work on that because Ohana means family, and family means no one is left behind or forgotten. Isn't that beautiful? This is what being a part of the kingdom of God can be for us. And as a church, having the vision and the idea of adoption, that every person that walks in this room, they are a candidate for adoption. Isn't that a mind shift? Isn't that a beautiful, doesn't the way we greet visitors change all of a sudden? Like we're looking at prospective family members. That's what we're seeing. Some of them are like, well, we can work on that. <laughs> some of them, you know, it's, it's just, it is what it is. That every time we see someone, every time we come in contact with someone here in our community, we are looking at prospective family members. Doesn't that change how we, how we go through church life? That should be different, change how we view our greeting and our children's ministry and from how we clean the bathrooms to everything. We are looking for prospective family members. And guess what? It's not us who get to choose who makes the cut or not. I want to be clear. God has already wanted them. He's chosen them to be part of his family. It's up to you to choose to be a part of it. Romans 8, 15, 16 says this. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, which is the the Aramaic word for Papa. We call him Papa, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. This is offered to us today. Adoption is for us, that we can be a part of God's family. That is freely offered to us. That Would you like to be part of our family? It's the same. We know you've got messes. We know you got stuff. We know you got things you got to work on. But you want to be part of our family? It's what God offers us today and always. This idea of adoption drastically changes for me the way in which I look at the gospel, the way in which I, I view Jesus, the way in which all this, this works even in my head to think about this is God saying, you want to be part of our family? You want to join with us? And he's asking you that today. If that's you today and you, you say, you know what? I want to be adopted into God's family. Today is a day for that to happen. I want to go into this adoption process. I want to be a part of this family. You can, you can pray this prayer with me. Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. If you want to be adopted today, just go ahead and raise your hand right now and pray this prayer with me. God, I want to be your child. I want to be yours.
God, forgive my sin, my past, and my mistakes. Help me be the best child of yours I can possibly be. Amen. For those of you who prayed that prayer with me, welcome to the family. Today is a beautiful day thinking about bringing in Zoe and Ella into our family. To see their little smiles and the pitter-patter of feet as they go up and down the halls. To know that it is our responsibility. We're not just supposed to sit here, okay, and think, oh man, I really wish Jessica or Hector would yell at those kids. No, 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 no. It is part of our responsibility as family to, to help, to love, to guide, to nurture, and to, to, to walk with them. Just as anybody who walks in these doors, it is our responsibility to welcome them in to the family of God. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the people who just became family members. God, we ask you to guide us and direct us in how we live our lives and how we do our best to be the brothers and sisters that you've called us to be. And God, that you would drastically shape our minds to understand adoption, understand what it can mean for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.